0: Today's scripture reading is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, starting at verse 14. Could we please stand as we read God's Word? Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has made... Pardon me... On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This is the word of the Lord. I do want to thank you for uh, participating with us over the last number of weeks and months as we, through the search committee and through the elders, have been seeking that God would lead us to an associate pastor to join our pastoral team. Ryan and Natalie are here joining us today. They've been here all weekend at various functions uh, for our folks to get to know them. And so I'm grateful to have Pastor Ryan Come and share God's word with us this morning.
1: Can I? Is it okay to redecorate a little bit? Okay. Well, good morning. It is a it is a pleasure to be here this morning. It is uh, it has been a good couple of days to be able to share with uh, with you as a church, uh, starting on Thursday. And actually, I was here for a. Alberta Baptist Association pastors gathering Thursday morning and so I was able to, to be here and, and uh, meet Maria and, and, uh, and just be present here in the church and, and then meet with some other pastors uh, from across the ABA family and that's, kind of my, that's some of my nine-year background is I, 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 my wife and I, we are from Lethbridge. Uh, we've spent the last nine years there serving at a Baptist church there at Park Meadows Baptist Church and, and so we are part of the same ABA Alberta Baptist Association family. And uh, it, is, it is exciting to be able to, to be here this morning with you and, uh, and, uh, and to be able to share and get to know many of you. I was, I've, if you were at the meeting greet on Friday, I apologize. I'm going to repeat myself a little bit here. But uh, I, I to, I, after our Thursday night meeting uh, with, the, with the Board of Elders, I told Natalie I've never been to a board meeting like that where, uh, where the, the elders just genuinely sought after Jesus and they prayed and they prayed genuinely and they and they and they intentionally sought and humbly sought after the Holy Spirit's leading and uh, it was just a beautiful thing for me to be able to, for us to be able to be a part of to to experience and it was just it was a just a gift for us so uh, you need to know that your leadership is is are, are a team of godly men and women, and uh, and uh, and so we are you are very fortunate in that way um, just a brief couple things about me. I have one wife and three kids. Uh, my wife is named Natalie, and we've been our 14 year anniversary is actually next week. And we have three kids, uh, Abigail who is turning 12 next month, uh, Silas who just turned 10 last month, and then Elizabeth who turned six this month. And, and so we've got a busy birthday season is upon us, and, uh, and that's, that's a fun thing for us. We also have a two year old golden doodle named Charlie. Um, depending on uh, the days, depending on whether or not he, he's going to be a part of our family in the future. And uh, but <laughs> but uh, as I said, we do we've lived in Lethbridge the last nine years. Before that, we served at a church in Calgary in the southeast in Lake Bonavista, uh, Bonavista Evangelical Missionary Church. That's part of the same denominational family as Center Street Church, and uh, and so I, I served there for five years. I am an Alberta boy. I, I grew up in Red Deer. And, uh, and that's where I spent most of, most of my childhood. The first 20, 20-ish years of my life was in, was in Red Deer. Uh, my family and I moved to northern, just north of Edmonton in St. Albert for, for a brief season. And after I graduated high school, I moved to Vancouver for a year. But beyond that, I've lived in Alberta uh, the majority of my life. Uh, I became a Christian shortly after high school, after attending a worship service and, and really encountering Jesus and and encountering Jesus for for really the first time and and giving my life to him. For myself, family is really important as well. I love spending time with my wife and and our kids. We like to camp, we like to go for walks, and we enjoy hiking. Uh, I enjoy fly fishing, I, I enjoy disc golfing. I understand I brought that up on Friday, and most people are like, I don't know what disc golfing is. So uh, that's okay. I'll, I can tell you more about that later if you'd like. And I enjoy swimming. That's it's part of my regular rhythms uh, every day. I love the church. I love the impact that and influence that the community of Christ can have in people's lives and in our society and culture when the church community follows the, follow, follows the leading of the Holy Spirit. But I, I understand how this process works to some degree, that, that many of you are, are wanting to, to learn more about me, but what I want, to, what I hope happens today is that, that more than anything else is that you encounter Jesus, and uh, that's, that's my heart, um, I, I get it, people will, want to, will, will scrutinize to some degree what me, who I am, what I have to say, but this is, the, this is not Ryan's word, this is God's word, and I hope that this morning that we uh, discovered that together. As I said one of the things that I enjoy doing uh, every morning is swimming part of my regular routine is waking up and and going to the local YMCA and I try to swim about a kilometer or two every morning and uh, a few months ago though in early February I noticed one day as I was swimming that my 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 hand my left hand was really starting to it was pain it was it was hurting it was really uncomfortable and and I didn't really know what was going on and uh, and so I just thought I'd take some Tylenol and and it would go away for a few hours but the pain would come back and and so I just continued to kind of just swim through it and but it was interesting how uh, in the midst of that discomfort that it was starting to impact some of the some of the regular day-to-day activities of my life and so I went to the doctors and and she took x-rays and I thought maybe I had tweaked it you know walking the dog or something and had done something to 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 create you know some sort of pain in my wrist and and she took x-rays and decided that, you know, there's nothing broken. And she said, you know what, I think it's just tendinitis. Okay, good, I can handle that. It wasn't anything too, too, um, too debilitating in that sense. For me, it was amazing and frustrating, though, how in, in, in spite of my limitation of my tendinitis in my wrist, how I could, it affected my ability to do very basic things like zip up my jacket or open a, can of, open a jar of pickles, Opening a car door was a chore for me, lifting up my kids, shoveling the walk. I was okay with that one, not being able to do that one, but <laughs> Natalie, not so much. But basic tasks were so limited and influenced by just this, this small tendon in my wrist, just getting irritated and, and inflamed. It's fascinating to me how even the smallest parts of, bodies, of our bodies can influence and contribute to the larger function of what our bodies are intended to do. Every part of the body is interconnected and influences the other. We know this from an early age, that our bodies are intentionally designed. We sing songs about this, how the hip bone is connected to the leg bone, the leg bone is connected to the knee bone, and how each part and piece is strategically placed in its spot for a reason. And yet within that design, each part has a role to play within our bodies. The ears listen, the eyes look, the tongue tastes. Each part of the body does something. It has a purpose. It has a purpose beyond simply its individual function as well. Which brings us to this passage this morning. You see, Paul is writing to this church in Corinth because it's a highly dysfunctional, divided body that isn't functioning the way a healthy church body is intended to function. In a lot of ways, it's got some inflammation. And Paul here is offering a treatment to their inflammation. Within the Corinthian church, there was this culture of spiritual arrogance that was weaving its way throughout the church. There were these pockets of people that were, going, that were growing this attitude of spiritual superiority as they compared themselves to other people within the church. This feeling of superiority came out of the belief that certain spiritual gifts were just more important than others. These would have been the more charismatic gifts, like speaking in tongues or prophecy, or, or the more noticeable talents and abilities like teaching in, in public or worship leading. And so the general disposition from people within the Corinthian church was that if you had these gifts, if you didn't have, sorry, if you didn't have these gifts, that maybe you were lacking God's grace in your life. Maybe you weren't as spiritually mature as, the, as them. Or that your faith in God wasn't, just as, wasn't as deep as, as those who had gifts in, in those areas. And it became this, this attitude of us versus them. And this culture of comparison was creating this tension within their relationships of the church. And In a lot of ways, there was this kind of... If you see the word itis on a, on a medical term, it means inflammation. It had relationship itis. There was an inflammation of the relationships comparison would have would have just been a would actually have been a very normal part of the corinthian culture though Coming from this culture where people from around the globe would travel to greece and and meet in corinth and they would share their Philosophical ideas they would teach and they would explore their 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 new thinking their new thoughts and their new ideas and they would discuss and they would debate and they would critique each other and They would wrestle through these ideas and as these great minds would come and gather and congregate these teachings and, and, and debate these teachings and, and declare their new thoughts in life. The, the people around would, would gather and listen and, and, and determine whether, what they're saying and compare one another's thoughts and opinions on different ideas and concepts of life and, 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 and meaning. And, and these people would come and they would develop and they would critique them and say, you know, I'm going to follow this person or I'm going to follow this person. And there was this culture of comparison. I was, they, would weigh, they would weigh their ideas against one person over another. The Corinthian church was not much different, actually. They compared themselves to each other. And as Paul plants this church in Corinth, and he's, he, as he leaves and, and the next leader of the church, Apollos, comes... The Corinthian church does the exact same thing. Now they're comparing what Paul just taught to what now Apollos is teaching. And they say, you know, we want, to be, we, want to, we, wish, we want to follow Apollos' teaching. Others are saying, we want to follow Paul's teaching. Paul's heart is just saying, just follow Jesus' teaching. But not only was this comparison culture present and very active within Corinth and in the Corinthian church, but this was just part of the Roman DNA. DNA. This was just a common position along the, throughout the Roman Empire where Roman imperialism was all about intimidation and power and control over others, trying to impose their values and over others by essentially just being a bully and saying, and comparing and saying, our way is just better. We are better. And so this culture of comparison created this, this cancer to the relationships that God had placed in each other's lives. You see, comparison It ruins intimacy, it creates resentment, it minimizes closeness and ultimately it confuses where our value, worth and significance actually comes from. Comparison tells us that we are the product of our own efforts and everything we have is because of things that we have done or think that we deserve. Paul's response to the cultural tension specifically within the Corinthian church though is to call them to focus on a standard that's unchanging a standard that's worthy of comparison, a standard that focuses on Jesus. See, Paul understood that when God gets the credit for what we do and what we have, it doesn't matter who or, who or what our gifts are. Our perspective shifts from our circumstances and our reality to the creator of our reality, Jesus. Let me say that again. Paul understood that when God gets the credit for what we do, or what gifts you and I have, it doesn't matter what our gifts are because our perspective shifts from our circumstances and from our reality to the bringer of that reality in Jesus Christ. Paul's response to the brokenness within the Corinthian church is to point, to the, to, is to point the church to the only thing that will make them whole and function the way that Jesus created them to be. And he uses some of this philosophical language. He uses some of the, the, langu- the, some of the reasoning that, that, that would have been very familiar within the Corinthian culture at that time. And, and, he, and so he starts in verse 14. It says, The body is not made up of one part but of many. Now if the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where, where would the sense of smell be? Paul is calling the Corinthian church to to give up this feeling of spiritual superiority. To break the pattern, the rhythm, the pattern of, of comparison and to a new life rooted in love, putting others ahead of themselves and a power that comes from the Holy Spirit. And just like our physical bodies The body of Christ is interconnected and influenced by each other. But when we compare ourselves to one another, to each other, we begin to individualize the church, and we amputate and deconstruct each part from the rest of the body. And that was never the intention of God's community. The body of Christ was always, always intended to be connected and contribute to God's kingdom mission to seek and save the lost. Paul reminds the Corinthian church that the body of Christ is, is valuable and important and that we all contribute to the function of the whole, that we are better together. Paul continues in verse 18 and says, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, the Greek word that Paul uses here when he says he wanted them to be, the word wanted, the Greek word there is thelos. It just simply means that God that not only does God desire us for us to have the gifts and abilities, the talents that we have, but that he delights in us using them. That, his, that he takes pleasure in the things, in us using the things that he created us to do and to be. God delights in, in us living out who he created us to be. Quite a few years ago, I don't know when it came out, but there was a movie called Chariots of Fire, which shares a story of a... Of, uh, a Scottish sprinter named Eric Liddell and in that story, in that, in that movie it, it, it's based on a true story about Eric and, and in that story he's having this conversation with a friend and she's asking him about what his, why he continues to run when, when he knows that God has called him to China to be a missionary and there's this beautiful line in this movie where he says, I believe God made me for a purpose but he also made me fast And when I run, I feel his pleasure. I think one of the the points that Paul is making here is that when we use our strengths, when we use our abilities, when we use our gifts, when when we use those things that we can feel God's pleasure as we do it, God delights in us using our strengths for his purposes. So rather than look at the things that we don't have, know that God delights in your faithfulness to use the gifts and abilities that you do have. When we we choose to focus on what we do have and what you can offer to the broader community, our lives actually become these divine instruments for God's kingdom and His purposes on this earth. Everything you have to offer the body of Christ has been given specifically to you so that you can contribute to the success and mission Of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. In the same way that God has designed the respiratory system, God has orchestrated and designed the body of Christ in that same intentional deliberate way. You, us, we have a purpose in this body which means that we need to contribute. You need to contribute. God has placed you in this community to contribute to the larger purposes of this body. It's not age dependent, it's not gender dependent, it's not ethnic, ethnicity or appearance dependent, it's not based on economic status or spiritual maturity or even education. We all are called to contribute to the body of Christ, to the purpose of glorifying God's kingdom. But not only is your contribution to the body of Christ important, but the truth is, is that I need you to contribute. The person beside you needs you to contribute. Because we fill each other's gaps. We we, we complement each other's limitations. None of us can do it all. Our participation to the body of Christ is a communal decision. Because our gifts were meant to be used in the context of community, not for our individual benefit and blessing. As a result, it impacts and influences and blesses the larger body surrounding us. The big toe, for example, is a small part of the foot. Yet it's incredibly impactful to the larger functioning of the body. You know, the big toe as you walk is the final point of contact, unless you've got the big middle toe like me. But the big toe is the final point of contact when you walk, as you push off. If we can't do that, if that big toe is missing, the consequence is that it begins to atrophy your calf muscles. And as you, as you, as, if, if you can no longer push off, eventually what happens is those muscles begin to atrophy. And so instead of walking like we were designed to walk, we start shuffling. And as those calf muscles continue to atrophy, our back muscles weaken. And so suddenly now we're shuffling and we're punched over. Is this the way God designed us to move? No. God designed us to function and move and walk around like we are, like like he created us and designed us to be. But that one little piece, that one little spot, when it's missing, it affects the entire body. How much more do you contribute to the body of Christ than a toe does to our bodies. We need each other. Paul writes in verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? Truth is, as important as the big toe is, if there's no foot or no calf that it's attached to, it's just a chunk of toe. It would be useless. Paul, I think, acknowledges that there's a different set of giftings and abilities that exist within the church. But what we contribute doesn't make us more important, valuable, or significant than anyone else. What we have or do isn't what gives us value, significance, and worth. That's what comes from Jesus. Paul calls you and I to be a community of people that reflect the character of Christ so that we can accomplish his mission in our lives using the gifts that he has given each of us. Paul continues in verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The Greek word that we see throughout the New Testament to describe the the church community is ecclesia. Essentially, that's just the the word to describe community that reflects Jesus. Christine shared earlier, sometimes when we feel like the Spirit is leading, that sometimes it's really, we're really quick and really, it's really easy for us to disqualify ourselves. I think it's, time, it's, it's, it's easy to look at our shortcomings and say things like, I'm just too busy. I don't know the Bible that well. I don't really know what I'm good at. I'm too old to serve in that ministry. I've done my time. I'm too young to serve in that ministry. The reality is though is that we all have a pace that maximizes our effectiveness within the body of Christ pace passions abilities capacity experiences our pace is the things that God has given each of us uniquely that empowers us and equips us and prepares us to be used within the body of Christ for his glory Our pace is the things that God has given each of us uniquely that, that allows us to be able to, to, to be used by him for his glory. It shifts the focus from me and my story onto God and, the, and, our, and our story as, a, as the church working out our lives together in community. Passions. There are some things that are going to excite you more than others. Those of you that were on the choir, thank you that's a passion for many of you absolutely not all of us will share that same passion that's okay it's important that we can celebrate the diversity that Christ has created this body to be some of you have a deep history or deep love for christian history and theology others have a deep passion to interact and care for people many of you have a passion for sports or nature all beautiful, wonderful, God-ordained things, especially football. <laughs> for myself, as I said, I love disc golf. So what I end up doing, I, so I have a passion for disc golf, so one of the things that I do is I, I take people with me. I find that it's an informal way for, for, me, to, to, for me and another person to hang out together. Because when, when, pe- when a pastor says, hey, can we get together, the immediate reaction is, well, what did I do? But it's an informal way to build relationships and connect with people to build to, to build relationship if you like food or movies exercise prayer bible study you're passionate about those things what is the thing that you get just excites you begin to pray about and look for opportunities to bring jesus into those things and as you do that ask who can i bring into that as well so that they can discover the delight of Jesus as they do it with you. A, abilities. Some of us are going to be more skilled in certain areas than others. Maybe some of you are, are, have the ability to do amazing woodwork, or painting, or golf. I know for myself that I have zero musical talent. I make the worship experience worse around me, around for everyone else when I'm I'm singing. I also know that some of you would rather get a root canal than be up on this stage speaking. Some of you have a natural ability to create a culture of acceptance that others can't duplicate. We need that. What are the things that you find life-giving? Things that you feel the pleasure of God on you? Whatever that is, do more of it. And then do more of it again. Use your abilities in a manner that builds up and edifies others, rather than just using it for your own benefit and for your own glory. C, capacity. There are some things that you will naturally be able to do that I won't, and vice versa. As an introvert, I know that I am naturally someone who needs to build space into my rhythms of my life to recharge my batteries. I love hanging out with people. I love spending time with people, talking with people. But there's a, there's a period of time where I just need to get, I need to rest. This is just different than someone who is an extrovert, who is outgoing and has the capacity to engage with lots of people for long periods of time. One isn't better than the other. Our capacities are just different. Younger generation you've got more energy than me you have that re- you use your energy to contribute to the body you can do things that the older generation can't do older generation you have wisdom and knowledge that the younger generation just doesn't have I heard you got a man over here <laughs> But it's important that we share those things, that it can't just be isolated pockets using those and sharing those little pockets of experiences with one another, with select groups. We need to enjoy it and celebrate it together. The E, experiences. All of us have different events in our lives that have shaped and influenced us. These experiences can be positive or negative. I had some amazing conversations on Friday night at the meet and greet. I got to hear some of those stories. Some of those experiences that, you've, had, that you've, you've experienced, those need to be shared so that, the, so that the faithfulness of God can be celebrated in your life and that we can, we can experience that blessing together. The goal, though, is that with our experiences, it not only helps us, it allows us to be able to empathize with other people who are going through the same stuff. We can feel with others and journey alongside of others in the same way that people have journeyed alongside of us or in the same way we wish someone had journeyed with us. God wants to use those for his purpose. Our passions, abilities, capacity and experiences, our pace, they're all different. One isn't better than another, they're just different. When we say thank you Jesus for those things and decide that we will use them for his purpose and his kingdom mission, it aligns ourselves with the heartbeat of Jesus and celebrates the diversity in Christ. This morning has to be the heartbeat of every healthy church body. This morning as, as we sing our last song, worship team, you can come on up if you'd like. This morning, I want to encourage you as we sing. I would encourage you to pray, to reflect, to invite the Holy Spirit to reveal the ways that you can better use who He has made you to be. Recognizing that you have your own passions, abilities, capacity, and experiences that we are all currently living out And ask God to reveal how God is already at work in your life. And ask and listen how the Holy Spirit can use you to engage those around you in your workplaces, in your schools, in our homes, within our church. We're going to sing one last song. They're going to sing one last song. (laughs) My hope is that as we sing, that we would unite ourselves with Jesus. That we would unite ourselves together that we would align ourselves with Jesus and and that we would be able to celebrate and recognize that God wants to do a great work in us and through us together as His church body. Let's sing.